Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we bring our remembrance this morning of what Jesus has done. Father, we thank you. And all we can really do is just say thank you. And so we do this morning. We, we praise your name because it is a great name, Father. And Father, this morning I pray that you'll speak to our hearts. Holy Spirit, saturate this environment. I pray that the kids will go down today and just learn so much about you and that there will be an excitement like we talked about Wednesday, just this rejoicing in the Lord over there. Father, I pray that you will just teach them more and more. I mean, you are doing a work in there, and I pray that you'll continue, and I pray that you'll continue exponentially more here this morning. And Father, the same here. I pray that you'll do that here as well. We love you a lot. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Kids, have a great time. We'll see you later. Well, good morning. My name is Tara Lorenzen, and I help lead the women's ministry here at Grace Meadows. Ladies, if you aren't a part of that, we'd love for you to come join us um, next Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Sorry, Dallas, shameless plug this morning that I could fit in. Um, I'm just going to be sharing our scripture reading for the day, and then Dallas is going to come bring the message. Um, You can turn with me. In your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, if you have it, it'll be on the screen as well. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. These verses have been very comforting to me this past week, and um, I'm hoping they will be to you as well this morning. Matthew 25, starting in Matthew 6, starting in verse 25. This is what Jesus said. Therefore, I tell you. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, in all of his splendor, was dressed like one of those. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry asking what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear. For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Y'all, the Bible is still as relevant today as it was then. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tara. 
Well, good morning. How is everybody? Good. As I said, my name is Dallas. I'm one of the leaders here. If I haven't gotten the opportunity to meet you, I'd love to do that after the service. Introduce yourself. I'd love to get to know you a little bit better. We are in the second week of our Hurry, Worry, and Fury series. And if you missed last week, don't worry, I'm going to get you caught up real quick. We talked about how hurry diminishes our capacity for love and to love. And we looked at two questions. Essentially, we, we asked, uh, how do you respond to interruption? That'll tell you what an impact hurry has on your life. And we looked at Matthew chapter 8, how Jesus is interrupted. He's on the road heading into Capernaum, and a centurion comes running and yelling and saying, um, I, I need help, essentially. Come, heal my servant. And how does Jesus respond? Does anybody remember? Shall I come and heal him, right? He's interrupted and he just says, shall I come and heal him? We talked about what would it look like for us to adopt that response in our everyday lives when we're interrupted to say, yes, how can I come and help you? Shall I come, stop what I'm doing and help you in this moment? And then we also talked about how um, when we are on the way to something, we still can find contentment in that time. We talked about how Jesus, so many stories in the New Testament start with on the road to Samaria, right? While passing through all these things, and we can find contentment in those moments. So that's what we talked about last week. How's everybody doing on hurry? We doing okay? Man, that was a silent response. That's okay. This is, listen, this is a process. Sanctification or transformation, those things happen over time. But what the main thing is our availability, right? That's what we talked about last week. We said that one of the words to describe Jesus that's so underrated is that he was available. He was just available to the needs around him. So what does it look like for us to be a people who are available? And this week, if you thought last week was hard, it doesn't get easier this week. We're talking about worry. I think this is one of the most relevant things that we could talk about here this morning. It's very easy to give in to worry, so I'd love to process through that here this morning. Now, take a second. Think about the things that you worry about most. Go ahead, take a second, think about some of the things that you worry about most. Now, How many of those things would you say are active worries, meaning you're facing them right now, and how many of those would you say are possible future worries? Think about that for a second. Because there are two different types of worries, aren't there? There are active worries. There are things that you're facing right now. So maybe you're up against a deadline for work. Or maybe you have been given a diagnosis recently. Or maybe you have lost a loved one recently and you're trying to figure out what does it look like to navigate my life moving forward without that person. Those are active worries. But those are not the worries we usually have, generally. Generally, the worries that we have are possible future worries. They are, what if something happens to my kid? What if something happens to my spouse? What if this thing comes up? Right? What if we get in a, a war? Or what if this happens? Or what if pain comes? Or all these things. Those are the things that we worry about most. One of my main points here this morning is that we have enough active worries. We can't handle adding in 
all the possible future worries for a couple reasons. One, we can't handle in our mind all the different possibilities that could come forth, right? But then the second thing is um, that they're not even here yet. So how can we deal with something that isn't even a reality yet? How can you effectively address something that isn't even a reality yet? Now, at my house, we have this demon washer, all right? And we acquired it when we bought the house. There was this um, older couple, or no, I shouldn't say older, um, advanced in years. I learned that from Zachariah. At, you know, she wasn't old, you know, she was just advanced in years. But, um, but they, I, I had heard when we got a contract on the house that they didn't have a whole lot of help moving. So we said, you know, they got the washer and dryer upstairs, so that's going to be really difficult for them to maneuver. So why don't you just leave it there, and then if we can use them, then we'll use them. But if not, then we'll just go ahead and get rid of them. So we move into the house. And we decide, okay, let's at least give this washer and dryer a chance. And so one day I'm, I'm doing laundry, and all of a sudden I hear this loud banging noise, and I thought somebody was banging on our door really loud, you know, like the police was coming in, going to knock through the door, right? And I figure out that this is coming from that washer. So I go upstairs, I see the washer shaking out of control, and then all of a sudden it just stops. And Morgan follows me up the stairs, my wife, and I said, Morgan, see, this thing's possessed. We got to get rid of it right now, right? And she says, no, Dallas, actually, the problem here is with you. She opened the lid to the washer, and she said, Dallas, you got too much stuff in here. You got two loads worth of clothes no wonder the washer wouldn't work. So she takes some clothes out, you know, and then everything runs properly from there. And she, she kind of talked to me a little bit like a child, but I kind of realized, you know, it's kind of, that was kind of an immature way to go about laundry, like trying to cut corners and stuff like that. But she said, she said, you've got to do one load first and then take the next loads thereafter. And I think this is what Jesus is saying in verse 34 right here when he says... Um, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. If we were only concerned about what we were actually facing and not trying to address that future load or that future possible worry, then we can actually focus and function and operate the way that we were intended to. Now, Jesus here isn't saying, don't consider tomorrow, don't think about tomorrow, don't invest in tomorrow. What he's saying is just focus on the things that are active right now in your lives, because that is the way that we were made to operate. Now, I'll confess that the washer example is certainly an imperfect one, because God, God's invitation to us is that we can do something with that future load. That we can go ahead and come to him with that possible future load that we're worried about. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says this. Do not be anxious about anything. But, it's not, it doesn't stop there. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So we may not be able to do anything about those possible future worries. But we can give those things 
to God because God is there in the future. God is there in the future. God is beyond time. So by praying, what we are doing is we are handing it to the one who is already there and can get working on it, that thing that we're worried about. And maybe, maybe that future worry never comes because we've asked God, who's already in the future, to deal with it. Or, at the very least, we'll be better prepared to deal with it. Why? Because our mindset is on those things that are active and not the things that aren't because we've already given those over to him. Isn't it cool that we can do something with those possible worries? I mean, isn't it cool that it's not just, hey, don't worry. Don't you hate when people say that when you're worried? Hey, just, just don't worry. It's like, oh, I, I didn't think about that. Thank, thank you. <laughs> you know, that's, that's really, really helpful, right? But no, God says, hey, you can come to me. With that thing in the future, you can just say, look, here's, here's what I'm worried about. And I come to you in gratitude and I say, God, please, look, I don't know what to do with this except to come to you with this. And please, just do something with it. And we can trust that the one who is already there, who's beyond time, who knows that future worry, that we can trust that that worry is now in good, capable hands. Now... I'd love to take the rest of the time to go through the passage that Tara read for us, and we'll just kind of stop and start along the way, but I think there's a really good flow to what Jesus is saying here, um, starting in verse 25. So Matthew 6, 25 through 34. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Again, it is not that he's saying you shouldn't plan for tomorrow or grow gardens or even store away food. He is simply addressing their motivation for doing so. See, to wish to survive and make wise investments is a good thing. The problem comes when basically everything centers around our self-preservation. That's why Jesus says, is life not more than food? And the body more than clothes? Because that's the case for a lot of people, right? That they spend their whole lives trying to avoid that inevitable day that everything centers around that day. Our biggest fear is death. So we center our lives around that. And everything is a means to survival in that case, instead of a gift. But Jesus says we don't have to live like that anymore. That God is taking care of you, that you don't have to live like that anymore. You don't have to worry about death and all those things. Not because death isn't going to happen, but because it's not worth fearing. Because death isn't worth fearing. It's easier said than believed. But let me say it again, death is not worth fearing. Because when you live in the kingdom of God... Death is not as scary as it seemed before because the authority doesn't go to death anymore. It goes to God so you can spend your life enjoying it in the proper context that he meant for us. Y'all, life is more than just survival. Life is to be enjoyed. And the life that God has given us is to be enjoyed. And so we don't have to desperately seek survival anymore. It reminds me, there's a story In all four Gospels, where the disciples are in the boat, 
and a storm comes. And a couple of the Gospels recite that, I love this detail, that Jesus is sleeping during the storm. And the disciples are getting a bit hysterical about the storm, and they get desperate, and they they call out to Jesus. I mean, you know, water is probably filling in the boat. Maybe it's even starting to sink a little bit. And Jesus says, what? He says, you have little faith. And then he calms the storm. And I think a lot of people see that story as, oh, if you have faith, nothing's ever going to happen to you. But I don't see the story that way. The way I see that story is that Jesus is saying that, hey, even if the boat sinks, everything's going to be okay. That God has a plan, that you are in the kingdom of God now, and when death happens, you no longer taste death because you're in the kingdom of God now. All you do is improve locations. And so, so many of us spend our entire lives trying to keep the boat from sinking. And the boat will sink, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to survive. That is a good thing. But when we center our whole lives around it, and we don't trust the fact that we're already in the kingdom of God now, and that one day we don't die, we improve locations. And that's not just a cliche that is absolutely 100% true. What would it look like for us to say, you know what, at the end of the day, God willing... We'll let that boat sink, and everything will be okay. Verse 27. Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Morgan, I told her beforehand, I need a verselet. It says that one right there. Verse 27. Man, can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? I think that is a great reminder for us. And that question has been answered, hasn't it? That you can't add time to your life by worrying. In fact, the opposite is true, right? You can subtract from your life by worrying. A lot of studies talk about that. And I think that's the great irony here, isn't it? That we are so focused on survival that we stress and we worry and we worry about it. And ironically, we cut our days shorter by our worry. And the reality is we don't have to do that anymore. We can actually deal with those worries by putting them in his capable hands who's already there in the future. Verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire... Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Now, this is an important place for us to stop. The, the grass of the field is here today and gone tomorrow. The implication from this passage and throughout the scriptures is that we are not here today and gone tomorrow. That's important for us to realize that we are eternal beings, that from the womb on we are eternal beings. And if we are in eternal beings, then where is the fear of death now. And by the way, who would have had the most reason to fear imminent death? Jesus. I mean, he knows that he's got at this point probably two years or less. He, he knows that it's coming. His time is coming. And yet he still, he, he says to his disciples, he says, don't labor or spin. It's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. Because he knows 
that he's in the kingdom of God now. The Father is taking care of him and taking care of us. Death is not as scary as it once seemed, so he doesn't have to labor or spend. Everything is in the hands of God. And y'all, that is a very good place for everything to be, is it not? Verse 31, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Now notice the language here. The pagans run after these things. That's, that's no small detail. Why? Because there's a desperation to preserve life when there is no eternity with God. So you have to run. You have to go desperately to figure out how to preserve your life. So you run and you panic and you get desperate. You see the connection here from last week with, with hurry. See, when we are hurrying, to put it bluntly, we have made an accusation against God that he is not supplying for us what we need. That he is not taking care of us right here where we are. We feel like we have to get to a place in order to find contentment instead of realizing that our contentment is already here with us. So Jesus says, guys, that's what pagans do. Jesus says, pagans run. They get in a hurry. They are so worried about self-preservation that they just freak out. But we don't have to do that anymore. And why not? Well, Jesus explains here in verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Perhaps if we realize that we are in God's kingdom now. And we begin to align our thinking and our priorities with his, we will realize that we have everything we could ever need right now in his presence. When you build a house, you start with the foundation, right? I mean, I don't know a ton about construction. I hesitate to even use an analogy to this group here. Um, But that's the first thing you got to do, right? And if we come to him with a foundation of seeking his kingdom and his righteousness, then everything else we come to him with can have a strong foundation with it. But if we come to him first with our worry, we've got a poor foundation to build from in our relationship with him, and then everything else is going to eventually come back to that worry, and that's a poor foundation. If we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness when we come to him, we will have a firm foundation of a relationship to start with. One of the places I'd like to get to in my faith Uh, is to just be able to say confidently that because I'm in the kingdom of God right now, everything else will be okay. Everything else will be okay. There's no reason to worry. Everything else will be okay. And I'd love to get there, and I'm not anywhere near there. I'd love to get there because it's so true, isn't it? That if we are in his hands, in his kingdom, then we do not have to worry anymore. Verse 34, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. we got things that require our attention today, don't we? There will be things tomorrow that will require our attention too, but we are not there yet. So, there's nothing we can do but go ahead and give him our worries about tomorrow. Y'all, what we do with our worries tells a lot about where we place our trust, doesn't it? 
that when we do have those worries come up, that we don't have to just say, okay, I'm not going to worry, that we can actually give those to him because that shows the authority hierarchy is where it needs to be. We say, he's above my worry, so I'm going to give these things to him. But if we are sitting and stewing in that worry and not giving those things over to him, it shows that we're placing our trust in that worry. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 says this, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Let us be a people who plant our roots by the water. And if we can do that, we will find that when trials and when stressors and those things come, we won't have to worry since we are close to Him. And if we are close to Him and in His presence, then we will be sustained in the midst of heat or of drought. And should a storm come, at the end of the day we can say, yeah God, you can let that boat sink if that's your will, because I'm already in your kingdom, I'm already in your presence, and I know everything will be okay. Let's read from verse 27 again, if you don't mind to throw that back up on the screen there, David. It says, so do not worry about tomorrow. Can any of you, by worrying at a single hour, to your life. Now, I looked at that verse all week this week, and then Friday, I read it differently for the very first time in my life. I've always thought it says, um, you know, worrying does no good. In fact, it can only harm, so don't worry. But I read it in a different way on Friday. I believe what Jesus is saying here is he's saying, I've already given you all the time in the world. I've given you eternity. There's nothing left for you to add. So don't worry. That whether it's this life or the next, He's already given us eternity. He's given us everything. And I think so often we spend so much of our lives trying to add time. And Jesus is saying, you don't have to do that. You're free from doing that any longer. Why? Because he's given us all of time in his presence in the kingdom of God. Y'all, that's good news. Now this morning, if you do have worries and you want to come down to the altar and give those things to him, I'll be up here at the front. If you need somebody to pray with, all those things. Guys, I know we come in with worries today. I don't want you to take those with you when you go home. I want you to give those things to him because watch what that step of obedience will do in your lives, that, that Jesus wants those things, that we've talked so often about how Jesus loves to work in the mess. He loves to work in the hard things, and when you have worries, he wants you to bring those to him. Why? Because he wants you to do something with them, and he knows he's the one who can handle them as well. Let's pray. Father, thank you for thank you for the truth of your word. I mean, we could have just stopped with Tara reading the scripture verse, but it's just it's just so powerful to read 
um, your words on paper. And Father, this morning I pray that you will give a little bit of belief in this room here. That there are people who are coming in with so many worries and so many things. And Father, I pray and, and I thank you first and foremost that you say, you don't just say, don't worry. That you say that you actually want us to come and bring those things to you. And so, Father, I pray that you'll give us a little bit of trust this morning that that's actually true. That, yeah, like if we do bring those things before you, we say, God, these are the things I'm worried about. And it's really bogged me down for so long, God, and I, I continue to worry about it, and I just I need you to address it. Father, I pray for a little bit of belief in this room this morning that, yeah, you, you can. And that, and that, yeah, you're above it all. And the fact that at the end of the day, after we've given those things to you, we can say, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That if it's here, that's great, God. That's fruitful labor for us. And if it's in heaven, we have improved our location. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stand aside.